0: Hello and welcome to the Life Day Live podcast. I'm the host, Nina, and in today's episode, I'm having a conversation with Alison Bollinger, a holistic health coach. Alison will explain what holistic health means. She will talk about restrictive diets, intuitive eating, and much more. If you want to learn more about how to live a healthy life without being obsessed with your health, then listen to this episode. <music> Hello, Alison. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm very um, happy that you're joining me today on this episode. Thank you very much for being interested on doing an episode with me. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, and today we're going to talk about a topic that hasn't been mentioned yet on the podcast, so that's very exciting. Before we talk about the topic, could you just introduce yourself in a few words?
1: Yeah, so... Hello, my name is Allison Bollinger. I am 23 years old and I grew up in central New York, and I'm actually moving to New York City this week, so that's exciting. Yeah, the two biggest parts of me are dance. I've been a dancer for basically my whole life, and I also have my own business as a holistic health coach.
0: Yeah, so that's exactly what we're going to talk about today, your job as a holistic health coach. And I think that's still quite unknown to most people. So could you just tell us what it means to be a holistic health coach? Yeah, absolutely. So
1: a health coach is a mentor who helps guide you, supports you, and holds you accountable in reaching your goals, usually revolving around lifestyle and wellness. But of course, it depends on the individual and the niche of the coach as well. Um, and holistic health is this idea that our health isn't just what we eat or the exercise we do, but it is it also includes our relationships, our career, passions, and spirituality. So really stressing the importance of the big picture and taking account everything going on in our life rather than just putting a band-aid over things.
0: Yeah, because it's true that a lot of people see health as just, you know, food or exercise, but at the end of the day, your health is just you in general and everything affects your health. So I think it's very interesting to look at it that way, look at it holistically. Could you just maybe explain what are your objectives as a health coach?
1: Yeah, totally. So my main objective is to help my clients find confidence in their health and furthermore in themselves, which really stems from finding that balance um, in all areas of life. And that comes with learning how to do so, um, because it has been so ingrained in us to just focus on like diet and exercise, but learning that it's so much more, and really just cultivating a relationship um, between me and the client where they have this support to explore all of those areas of their well-being. Um, And you're also just given the opportunity to talk things through, to experiment what works best for you, along with personalized recommendations and that accountability and encouragement to follow through with your goals, which is really different than most caretakers we see in the medical field. So I want, I really want my clients to feel that connection and trust.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because some might wonder what is the difference between seeing a health coach or a holistic health coach? Why would you recommend people to go see a holistic health coach specifically?
1: Yeah, I I think just the one-on-one, relationship is so important because you get to do what's best for you which is so important in just this idea of holistic health health coaching and holistic health in general Um, the concept of bio-individuality that we are all different so no one thing is going to work the same for everyone Um, and I think that is the most important thing
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I guess that's also the danger with sometimes finding information on the internet is that you think, okay, worked for that person, so I'm going to do the same thing. But at the end of the day, everyone is different. And seeing a holistic health coach then gives you the opportunity to really have someone look at your needs specifically and what your objectives are so Do you want to say maybe something about that idea of not only focusing on what you see on the internet, because sometimes you might be recommended to follow a certain diet from what you see on the internet, but it's not always scientifically proven that that will actually help you. What do you think about that as a holistic health coach?
1: Yeah, totally. I think just from my own experience um, as well, just I used to go to Google to find out, all this information. And it is so like, just ingrained in diet culture. And it's really just all marketing, right? They're trying to sell you things like you can find a million different dieting programs and weight loss plans, and all of these things. And like, just the information isn't there, specifically what is going to serve you best. And I think that can be really frustrating because you're trying all these things and nothing's working because you're not following what feels good for you. So I think that is just huge in everything. Honestly, it's about realizing that you have the power within you to discover what works best for you. And you don't have to fall into the trap of these like marketing schemes, trying to sell you things.
0: Yeah, because I can imagine also that it's not very sustainable if you do something that you don't really like or you're not very convinced by, then you might not follow it for a long period of time at the the end. And could you maybe explain to us why you decided to be a holistic health coach? So I think that's a bit more about your personal journey also.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I have always had an interest in health and wellness just growing up as a dancer. I don't know, it's just always a big interest of mine. And then I did have a history of an eating disorder, orthorexia. Um, So that whole journey really took a toll on me. And my recovery was a long journey of just trial and error. Honestly, I saw many different therapists, nutritionists, personal trainers. And of course, they all had the best intentions, but it really wasn't helpful for me because the root of the disorder was so much deeper. And that is why the importance of holistic health is so big for me, because that is truly what has made me become the healthiest, happiest version of myself. So yeah, I did have a great interest for health and wellness really my whole life. But after learning about holistic health, I knew that I needed to share this with more people just because of how much it changed my life and what I found was lacking through my recovery journey and everything. So I did go to the Institute for Integrative to become a certified holistic health coach and that is where that whole journey and like I just learned so much um, through that program.
0: Okay great so that can also be helpful to know for people who want to become a holistic health coach if we can just go a little bit backwards you talked about orthorexia and when preparing this episode I did a little bit of research and I realized that actually it seems that a lot of people don't know about orthorexia talking about the general public, but also in terms of scientifically, it seems that there's not a lot of research being done on it. So could you explain maybe what orthorexia is to people that simply don't know what it is and also how you experienced it? Because I can imagine that if people around you don't know what it is, it might be hard to get information and also get help.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. It's definitely not talked about enough and just known enough. So orthorexia is the unhealthy obsession with clean eating. It can be hard to realize it. It's like this fine line between having a healthy relationship with food and having an unhealthy obsession with it. So for me, growing up as a dancer, I was extremely active and very involved in the whole fitness scene, and then around when I was 17, 18, I really started getting into nutrition and cross-training because I was very determined to make a career out of dance And just be the best I can be, which in my mind then meant on top of all the practice for dance, I wanted to be eating the best I could and training the best I could. So like I said before, I basically learned everything through Google and it became very obsessive, very restrictive, very fast to the point where... All I was thinking about was food and exercise. Um, So when I was going through orthorexia, people saw me as the epitome of health because I was always eating fruit and vegetables. I was always in the gym, but actually I was the unhealthiest I ever was. I feared almost every form of food and was always thinking about food. Um, in a negative manner. And I spent more hours in the gym than sleeping. My social health was non-existent. And honestly, I got to the point where I lost all of my confidence and joy just in my day-to-day and especially in my dancing. So I think that the biggest sign and like symptom to say of orthorexia is just like this huge cloud in your head where like you can only think of food and the health of the food that you are eating and really putting your worth into all of that and like what you're eating when really like your worth is so much more than that and like life is so much more than that and as I've been saying health is so much more than that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very important to mention that. So thank you very much again for sharing your your journey. I can imagine that it's um, difficult maybe for some people to understand because you have the impression, you know, that, okay, if you eat super healthy and exercise, like you said, you are like the top of your health. But actually, that's where the holistic, I think, idea comes from and makes sense is that At the end, you might be suffering from nutritional deficiencies. You might also have a lack of social interactions, like you were explaining. So that really explains or shows how health is more than just food and exercising and that uh, it's a general image also. But how? what would you say to some people then that want to have a healthy lifestyle even though I'm realizing now that this term doesn't really mean much because what is a healthy lifestyle at the end of the day Um, so how can one make the difference between habits that are healthy for you and then habits that can lead at the end to an eating disorder
1: yeah so exactly like what you're saying like what is even health and how do you define health but I really think that It's important to remember that health isn't supposed to feel hard. It's not supposed to be obsessive or lead to negative thoughts, which I think is the biggest sign that it's unhealthy um, what you're doing. So it's about choosing habits that are going to make you feel good and that are sustainable and enjoyable for you. So I think there is a lot of misinformation out there. As I said, how I was very negatively influenced by trying to learn from Google and all the things out there. And a lot of it is marketing, diet culture, and fitness programs. They're all trying to sell you something. So they're obviously going to try to influence you in these health decisions. But you really just have to learn to differentiate between all of this, which I which is why I find it like so important that I walk my clients through how to notice what is diet culture and what things to basically ignore, because it's all about tapping in into what is going to feel good for you and what is going to be enjoyable in the long term.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And if we come back a little bit to orthorexia, what do you think are the dangers then with putting on labels and seeing some food as good and some food as bad? I mean, that comes back a little bit to what you were saying about just making sure that you don't restrict yourself. But yeah, what what do you think is the, the main problem with that?
1: Yeah, so it's it's very easy to fall into that good versus bad mindset, but I think the biggest issue with that is that it does cause so many negative thoughts and emotions around food which just come to circle back to make us feel negatively about ourselves like if we eat a food that we think is bad then we think like we are bad and like that's just not true like food is food and often the foods we call bad are the ones we love the most. And we all deserve to enjoy those without any of this stress and guilt. So I think that the best and most tangible way to go about this to like, get away from calling foods good and bad is to make a list of what foods you would call bad or foods that you feel this like fear or stress around and one at a time, just go through the list and give yourself full permission to eat the food whenever you want. Um, And that means like actually eating it whenever and in whatever amounts you want to have it. And once you do this, you take the food off of that high pedestal because oftentimes when we see food as bad or like special, like we see it as we can only have it certain times. And that is what kind of fuels this negative mindset around it. So giving yourself this full permission, it allows you to gain control over the food and like get your power back. And it also makes the food become the same caliber as other foods. It's not like on this high pedestal. So it really gives you the power back, like I said, and eliminates all of the negative emotion around it. So that's really like the first step in that.
0: Okay. And if I were to give an example, uh, let's say you have a client that comes to you because they want to lose weight. How would you go about it then to make sure that that client doesn't go into that cycle that you talked about, about seeing food as good or bad, but still manage to achieve their goal? Because I feel like that's two different things, right? You need to make sure that you don't have unhealthy behavior with food and restrict yourself, but then you still want to achieve uh, a certain goal
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so that is a big huge question and i think a lot with this idea of intuitive eating and food freedom it's i'm not anti-weight loss but i want to get down to the reasoning behind the weight loss because diet culture does put out and stress like that weight loss is the most important thing but I really want to reflect on that and dig deeper like why do you want to lose weight because it is so important to realize that sometimes like weight loss isn't the answer maybe you have to just work on your relationship with food or your relationship with yourself like on the inside or other things with weight loss, it's, this is like a big, huge topic, but the idea of set point, because our bodies do have a genetic set point, like a weight range that it likes to be at. So sometimes weight loss just isn't sustainable um, and realistic for people. So there's really a lot to unpack when someone comes to me asking for tips and ways to lose weight. And really, I start at just asking why they want to lose weight.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I can imagine that we were talking a little bit earlier about the internet, but social media probably plays a big role. also. if you see someone on social media, or if you're influenced by a certain diet on social media, and then you decide that you want to follow and do the same thing, then is it really you wanting to do that, or is it just you being influenced by what you see on social media? So that's probably also a topic that you address often, I would guess.
1: Yes, that is a huge topic. Social media is very influential right now, and especially when it comes to thoughts we have around our bodies and around food and around the exercise we do, really, and honestly, around everything that we do in our life. So, I always check with my clients. I'm like, how much time are you spending on social media? And how is it influencing you? Because you can control what you see somewhat on social media. And you can decide like, is this serving me? Because I always take it back to that idea that everyone is different. And we all live different lives. So we should all be eating differently, working out differently. And also just remembering that with social media, you have no idea what goes on behind the posts. Um, And it is like such a highlight reel, which is always said, but that is so true. So that just relates to this whole idea of comparison and that it's really doesn't help you at all, honestly, because it's all about tapping into what feels best
0: for you. And like you said, that can be generalized and also affect other areas than just food and exercise. It's true that social media influences us in many ways. And now my next question is not just about social media, but just in general, anything that influences you. There are a lot of times restrictive diets, which are normalized and even sometimes recommended. What do you think about the fact that Yeah, that it's normalized and that a lot of people don't know that it can actually cause eating disorders because that's what it seems a bit like right now, that restrictive diets are sometimes seen as the the answer. And how can we detach ourselves from this type of thinking? You talked a little bit about how to recognize that a diet is restrictive, but how can we make sure that it stops being normalized and that people can understand that it can lead to disorders?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I think it is super important to realize what information is from diet culture. So diet culture is this system of beliefs that focuses on body size and moralizes food and links food and exercise, all usually because they are trying to sell something. Um, So I think that educating yourself on this is the most important first step, just knowing that your health is about so much more. And that's one of the first things I speak with my clients about. Um, And diets and restrictive eating is very dangerous for our body. So understanding that Um, it just doesn't feel good in any way, physically and mentally. But we've been so accustomed to think that health has to be hard, but it really doesn't have to be. And so that's what I hope to help people find. And so yeah, I'd say the first step is just realizing the danger behind this restrictive way of eating and living and that relating to diets and everything that the media is trying to sell
0: yeah so thank you for your advice I'm sure it can help a great amount of people and now that you've given us some ideas of uh, how to avoid restrictive diets could you maybe tell us a little bit more about your program because you talked about being a holistic health coach but how do you yeah how does your program work let's say if a client approaches you how would you help them get to their goal?
1: Yeah, of course. So, my program is named Wellness Without Obsession. It is a one on one health coaching program that is structured around my signature methodology to gain confidence in your health without food restriction, excessive exercise, or health obsession, hence the name Wellness Without Obsession. So, I help women learn gentle nutrition and discover a way of eating that is sustainable and enjoyable for them in their lives, so very individualized, which often entails breaking free from diets, restriction, and negative emotions surrounding food, as well as finding a relationship with fitness that is flexible and fun, you know, taking away the feeling that Exercise is a chore or the shame that can easily come about on rest days um, and all of that. And then going even further to explore every area of well-being because it's all connected. So helping you feel confident in all areas of your life so that you can live out your best life. But yeah, my program is structured as a six-month program and we meet every other week. Uh, it's a one-hour call, but outside of those one-hour calls, I give them 24-7 support through messaging, um, which I love. I love talking to my clients and just helping them through whatever they're going through or just chatting, honestly. So each week we talk about different things topics that we are discussing. um, I leave it open for them to talk about what they're going through and then usually wraps up with just some goals and recommendations for the week ahead. And I'll always send them like different resources, um, just different documents I have to help them also. Yeah, that's just a big overview of it all.
0: Okay, great. And then you have people with a lot of different backgrounds, right? In terms of the goals that they want to achieve or also the history they might have with eating, exercise.
1: Exactly, yeah. I mean, I really do focus on those that are trying to heal their relationship with food and exercise and health in general. Um, but I find that is very common in a lot mm-hmm. of us. But yeah, this is why I so love the idea of health coaching and this program being one-on-one because it is so individualized and like I can easily customize it to whatever the person is going through whatever they need help in most
0: yeah and I think it's important also right to come to get the help before the situation worsens right because it's a belief that a lot of people have so if we look at um, health coach, but also psychologist, for example, that you can only go get help once you are at the bottom of the bottom, you know, but you can go get help and work on yourself anytime you want. And you don't need to always suffer to go get the help.
1: Exactly. Yes. 100%. I think like there is always something that we can work on and work towards. And it's so worth it just to feel that empowerment honestly that you are working towards your best self
0: yeah okay great and maybe so that we can do a conclusion would there be a advice or last comment you would like to make to people that do struggle with their relationship with food or exercise as a health coach yourself and as someone who suffers from orthorexia what would you say to those people
1: yeah, I think just the most important thing is to know that health is so much more than what you eat and how you exercise. I heard a quote once that's, you deserve to enjoy food, you deserve to enjoy exercise, and you deserve to have a life that's not revolved around those two things. So I think that is huge, like life is so much more. And it's about finding what works best for you. And always tapping into what feels best. And that is totally possible to find.
0: Yeah, it does sound more attractive also to think that you're going to exercise by doing a sport you like instead of doing a sport that you don't like, but you're just doing because you think it might be beneficial, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's what life's all
1: about. Just finding the joy.
0: Yeah, so that's a very good advice and a nice message also to share. So I was very happy to learn more about your work and also to hear your advice. And like we said, this applies pretty much to anyone listening at the end of the day. So. I think it's very good to keep in mind that holistic view of health and that health is not just food and exercising, but like we said, it's your relationships, your mental health, um, your spirituality, your values. It's much more than that. So that's great to have this reminder. And maybe before we finish, if you would like to tell us more on how we can find you, so maybe your Instagram account and where people can contact you.
1: Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at your underscore spoonful. It's totally amazing community. I'm always on there, always open in the DMs to chat. I love chatting. So yeah, come find me there.
0: And thank you very much again for doing this episode with me. It was really great to hear more about your work. And I for sure learned a lot. So that's always very nice. That's why I do this podcast anyways. It's always to learn about a variety of topics. And to anyone listening to this episode, if you want to hear more episodes, I advise you to go check the platforms spotify apple podcast or youtube and you can also follow the podcast on instagram it's the live they live underscore podcast and don't hesitate to leave me any comment if you want to give feedback it's always nice to hear and i'll see you on a next episode